1: Welcome back, everybody. Okay, today we are talking about infatuation versus love. Infatuation. You know, there is a world of hurt in that world of infatuation because that is what's called a honeymoon phase. It's a chemical phase, and it really uh, drives your endorphins. It's, It's almost the perfect antidepressant because... All of a sudden, you feel needed, wanted, you feel sexy, you feel everything, and that encompasses all of your thoughts. And during that time of infatuation, sometimes, and many times, it doesn't bloom into love. But a lot of people don't know the difference between infatuation and love and lust, and we're going to break it all out. Um, The deal is, though, in the infatuation phase, we make a lot of statements, a lot of commitments, and do a lot of things that can do some damage to our, our, our lives because we jump in the boat with somebody that we really, really don't know, but we have. we're have we so lonesome in our lives, maybe in our relationships or our previous relationships, that we are starving for this opportunity. And it's like this whole new world, all of a sudden, of possibility starts to bloom in your mind. And the infatuation phase is pretty much in your head rather than in your heart. And a lot of people don't understand the difference. So here we're going to do, we're going to break it down. You know, finally you met the person. You you know what I mean? The one. All your life. So it seems that you've been waiting for the person who made your heart pound, made the stars bright, take all the reasonable thought processes with ideas of making love on every beach from here to Antarctica. You know, you have a weird expression on your face. Food suddenly seems like it's an inconvenience. Sleep is just something you used to do. Uh, your friends tease you about being in love. And then all of a sudden your family starts to warn you about, hey, don't jump in, don't jump in. And, and your defenses are up because you're trying to justify what's going on in your life. Of course, you're not stupid. You know, you, you you've been around. And you've spent some time in therapy and, and in church and, and whatever, mediation and prayer. You've explored your own needs in the world and, and you want a soulmate. But this person is just so hot that it's hard to imagine introducing them to your parents at all. So when, in, in uh, looking at things, going public, you know, when we go public, that's the next step. And now you become an item as a couple. And going public, everyone knows and invites you to places as a couple. So all of a sudden, you're being thrown in the boat with this person you may or may not know, but you have all this energy, all these thoughts, all this want for this person. And and the people you know speculate about the future of your relationship based on this chemical endorphin that is going crazy, but they're not seeing the real you. And, And you really can't get to love and to trust and all those things until you fully get to know the person that you're with. And a lot of people bypass uh, the steps of getting to know each other, becoming best friends. They bypass all that for the sex, the energy, the becoming in a relationship, being invited out, uh, being with other couples. All of a sudden our life is is amped up and, and that in itself is a big dream come true for a lot of people. All of a sudden the future means forever. And so how do you know, you know, if this thing is a good thing and all of a sudden you're talking about a future with this other person, you know, and, uh, you know, people might be whispering and reinforcing how happy they are for you and they're wondering if you should be. Uh, maybe committed (laughs) or uh, you know how comfortable you are with your newest love they start asking lots of questions but the truth is we're not always honest during this phase of getting to know someone and the infatuation we don't know them as well so we're not as honest so we begin to uh, basically try to paint ourselves into a corner by telling them all the good things we know about this person and what we feel and what we believe and so there's a lot of questions going on and great considerations. And the passions of new love are really entwined in our own emotional makeup. And it's sometimes impossible to find objective considerations when proceeding along the love's path, which is a hard one. And anything hard makes life easier. And so what's important is when we're finding a true partner in our life, we have to be patient and understand that if this is going to truly work out. We have to do hard together. That means not just the the sexy infatuation, you know, the kissing, the hugging, the being in public, not all the glitz and the glamour. We have to go into what's deep within the person. And that doesn't mean we lose our humor. That doesn't mean we lose our chemistry. That means that we're going to invest even further in each other in a deeper and more honest way. And so that's where love comes in. And love is forever changing. It's a very, very dynamic process. And that means that there is a relationship that that's flexible, that changes and it adapts and it grows as, as people mature. You will notice many people are not quite the same person they used to be from when they started in a relationship to where they end up in a relationship. You know, experiences happen. Priorities, dreams are built, goals are met, children come around, finances, problems, jobs, changes, new home, new communities, new people, new friends, new churches, new whatever. All these things come about in our life, and and it's just thrown at us, and we as people through love and a relationship, have to be able to adapt together to that. And that changes us. You know, love brings out the best in people as individuals. And, And so what I'm trying to say is the infatuation stage has everything to do with the moments you're in. Love has to do with building a life. And so what we want to do is begin to differentiate the process and understand how to build emotions, trust, growth in a relationship. How to recognize when infatuation is just infatuation. And so and I'm not trying to knock infatuation because that is necessary to ingredient for all of us to breed. I mean, that is what. Ah, uh, people would—that's what people's instincts are to do—is during the infatuation stage, is to breed, and simply that is the procreation of our species. That's a biological thing within ourselves, and so uh, a lot of logic gets thrown out. If you notice dogs when they're in heat, they'll oftentimes jump the fence and <laughs> go find that—that that, uh, you know, so that whatever they gotta find. So you know, we're kind of crazy in that infatuation stage, and we gotta realize that. You know, growth is, is the increasing ability for a couple to live, enjoy each other's company, trust each other with more secrets, depend on each other and more crisis over the years, you know, take care of our, ourselves, our relatives, our, our, our aging, you know, family, our children. It's about growing old together. And uh, long-term investments like real estate and children, this is what it's like in love. It's an investment. So, you have to wonder, is this just infatuation? Well, let's look at some of the things to determine the difference between love and infatuation. So, you know, some infatuation signs are very easy. Are you not sure if you are really in love with a person or you're just infatuated? It It can be very, very confusing. You think you might love them, but you don't really feel like this is what love should feel like. Or you're worried that you're just making it all up in your head. And the difference between infatuation versus love is that infatuation is a short-lived passion for someone, whereas love is a deep affection for someone that lasts the test of time. And the problem is that infatuation is a powerful feeling that can make you think you're in love and you're still not sure if it's infatuation or love. You really have to look at some signs. So you've only uh, known each other for a short period of time uh, it, it, have you ever known people that have said they were in love for after a few days but a few months later they realized that they hated everything about the other person and all of a sudden they started to disappear and all of a sudden they stopped calling each other and all of a sudden all the commitments that they made and all the time that they spent together weren't something that they were seeking out well that tells you very strongly that it's infatuation and so you need to look inside yourself when you're dealing with that and understand that if it's just infatuation don't put a lot of uh, value in that don't look at yourself as a person has failed if that person has gone the wayside just understand that it just wasn't meant to be and that's okay that's okay you know uh, you're also. Uh, you might want to notice. Uh, you you ask, ask yourself: Are you focused on what you want out of them and the relationship? Because if all of a sudden you're dreaming about all the things you could be doing with that person, um, you're. Throwing yourself into a bit of a delusion and some people uh, get into a relationship and they see themselves dating, getting married, having kids, relocating to a tropical island for their retirement. They picture all these things in detail, including short term events such as spending time together, falling more and more in love. But they are focused on their future with this person from their point of view and not the other person's point of view. What they're doing is they're projecting that person in that infatuation stage is projecting more about what they want from that other person than what that other person is really about. So if you see your your relationship solely from your own point of view... That's infatuation. That's not love. Love is knowing what the other person wants in life, working on compromising. It's not about satisfying your needs and your expectations solely. And so that's a big difference. And it's hard to differentiate. They, they also uh, may seem high above you. You place them way up on a pedestal. You know, it's common to put someone that you're infatuated with on a pedestal above yourself and then feel lucky that they can even see us. And in short, we make them out to be something they're not. We see their strengths. We see their perfections, their positive attributes. But we're very blind to their weaknesses, their imperfections, their negative attributes, why we clearly see our own. And so basically, we compare them in a, in a, a very image-based uh, 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 ideal rather than who they really are and who we really are. And if all you can see is the perfection in them and what it's going to look like for you to be with that person and for everyone to see you with that particular person, then it's infatuation. You know, nobody's perfect, no matter how much it seems that way. Every one of us has faults. Everyone makes mistakes and can get annoying, uh, especially to other people. (laughs) And when you truly love someone, you can see them for who they are, the good, the bad, the indifferent, the the, the love, whatever it is about them, their emotional capacity, their ability to identify, their ability to empathize, their ability to have a, a conversation deeper than just how are you today. You know, that's something about somebody that you really need to get to know in a relationship. A relationship is a very very serious undertaking. I'm not saying it in a that you don't lose your humor. What I'm trying to say is is that it's a it's a commitment and it's a commitment to get to know each other good bad and indifferent. Also, you got to look at yourself and go, do I feel like I, I just you know won a big prize or you know won the lottery or whatever? You know, being infatuated is a lot like feeling you just won something and you just can't believe it. And all, all you can focus on is the fact that you won. And you know, you're you're willing to skip work, boycott friends, cut out family members, do anything else you have to do to pick that opportunity up to be with this person. And those things are all just distractions when it comes to that one thing you can't keep your mind off of. You know, real love is not like that. Love is what it feels like after you have the money and can do great things in your life. Love makes you want to create a better life for yourself. And it's the long game. It's not a short game. And so, you know, uh, you become a better friend, a more loving person, more dedicated to your career, more willing to make your life a success when you're in love. Because love is a full commitment, good, bad, and indifferent once again. You, know, you want to embrace their life and you want to embrace your life, but you both want to be better people. And that's a sign of love rather than infatuation. Infatuation is about image. You also may feel like you uh, know everything about them, but you actually don't know anything about them, you know, and, and when you feel you've known them just a short period of time and all of a sudden, wow, uh, that's who they really are. Um, that's not a good thing. You know, the, you, you know, where you're sta- you really, many people feel like they're so intuitive and so ingenious, they, they, and they're actually very egotistical. They feel like they know this person in and out, but they really don't. You know, when you're in a state that you feel like you know everything about the other person, you are in the state of infatuation. If you think you know what makes them tick, what kind of person they are, what they want out of life, but you haven't actually sat down and talked to them about all those things, really had the experience with them that taught you those things, then you're just infatuated. And you got to get that. You know, uh, it's very important to understand that that state can cause a lot of damage and you may actually draw a person away from you by feeling like you know them before you really do. Also, if you get jealous, if you get really jealous, like crazy jealous, you know, if they talk to the person you're with and you become jealous, you, 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 uh, you want them to be your possession. That's a sign of infatuation rather than love. A person that loves, and I apologize for the noises that have been made outside, but, uh, you know, the, with love, uh, that's a way that you feel like you're losing uh, someone, and and that hurts. But with infatuation, it's more of a panic. It's more of a fear-based feeling that you're going to lose that person. And, and uh, with love, you know your commitment is deeper, and you don't live in the insecurity of not trusting the person to want to be with you. And so... Uh, you know, also people that are in the infatuation stage are so impatient. They just want to take the next step. You know, it's about making things happen now. Well, that's what Las Vegas is all about. Getting married in Vegas. You don't have to do anything else. And you meet someone and bang, bang, bang. You're all married. And whew, there it is. Now you're on the long run having to do life. And that's a whole different thing. Unfortunately, a lot of people just want to jump into that next step. And they want to build your relationship and they want to rebel against the people who love them and tell them, hey, you know, you may want to think about it. And so what they basically do is they uh, jump in and they rebel and they don't want to have anybody endorse them. They don't want to have anybody care about them. They don't want to hear about what other people have to say and they just jump in. And uh, that's very superficial and it's foolish. But that's what infatuation does because it's such a strong emotion. Also, you know, a lot of people say that they love the way someone looks or walks or laughs and they claim they fell in love with someone by watching him. But that's impossible. You don't connect to superficial things in a person. And if you're just looking for the person on the outside rather than the inside That's not going to be love. That is just infatuation. And by the way, that's where stalkers come from. And that's where obsessed people come from. They live in that infatuation stage. And that's all they want to do is to be infatuated. And it's kind of uh, sick and obsessive. And they, you know... Uh, when the person forgets to call, all of a sudden there's this obsession. There's this uh, call 50 times, you know, why aren't you calling me or why aren't you doing what you used to do? All of a sudden, there's a lot of obsession uh, involved in it when the other person is not responding to you the way you want them to. That means it's infatuation. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk more about breaking out the signs of infatuation and the signs of love, and then we're going to go into the lust. Come back.
3: Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com.
0: If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page.
1: Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, we're talking about infatuation versus love. And you know, you got to look at this and we're going to wrap up infatuation here because there's some other negative things that take place with infatuation. First of all, you expect perfection. When you're infatuated with someone, you create a very unrealistic expectations about how they should act and how the relationship could go. You you put uh, uh, rules forward that they can't be rude to you or make you feel bad, even if it's an accident. The relationship needs to always feel amazing. Happiness is the only Emotion allowed. These are expectations that are put out there. No fighting. If things go anything but perfect, you you feel like things have gone very wrong, and you don't know what to do. So when you're in love, you accept that things go wrong. That life is gray, and uh, you just work on making them better. You become more resilient. And so uh, this this uh, infatuation phase is very black and white. Very perfect or not perfect. And there's a lot of uh, people that when they jump into this infatuation stage, they project a lot of rules uh, that uh, from things that they've done in the past or people they've been with in the past, bad events that have taken place, and they project that trauma on this person. You know, also, these people often in the infatuation stage are very dramatic. Uh, there's a lot of drama in the relationship, and instead of loving, they're probably projecting a lot of intense feelings towards each other and towards the relationship and then holding a lot of high expectations and that's a sign of infatuation drama happens when there's a lack of love in the relationship love is tender and sweet it's not dramatic you don't blow up at someone you love and make them feel horrible about themselves you don't treat someone you love poorly because you feel they've hurt you and you don't talk about someone you love behind their back negatively and then treat them amazing in person but when you're infatuated, you have a ton of in- insecurities and feelings, and the drama is sure to be present in the relationship when those expectations don't get met. Also, you know, uh, uh, infatuation, a good sign of it is you lost interest. A lot of people look to see if it's infatuation. If if you've lost interest and a feeling, a bunch of passionate feelings, and you've said all these things, you know, I love you, or I feel for you, or I I, I love being with you, the greatest person in the whole world, and all of a sudden there's a turnoff bang, you're like, I don't love this person. I don't want to be with this person. That's a sign that you just were infatuated with the idea of being in love. And so the other person that's receiving that is trying to figure out what's going on. But the truth is, it's just infatuation. And that's all it is. It's infatuation. And and it's the way of life. But a lot of people don't want to accept that. Another thing about being infatuated is it's draining. You're constantly worried about what they think. You're obsessed over what they're doing. You're working really hard. And people that are infatuated just do everything they can to obsess on that other person. And in that infatuation, what they're doing is they're, they're draining their energy. And, uh, it, it, you know, if you're in love, it actually gives you energy. But when you're draining your energy with your insecurities and projecting them on the other person, that's infatuation. And oftentimes people that are infatuated feel uh, disconnected and very alone. And that's because they've committed so much energy to the other person that they've boxed everybody else out of their life and they've stopped listening to their cautionary uh, dialogue with them. And now they know that they're in an embarrassing situation and they've overcommitted. And so infatuation can be a trap. But you've got to pull yourself up by the bootstraps and recognize it for what it is and call it for what it is and be an adult and move on and understand that that's okay because that's a part of our learning process to learn about love. So what is love? You know, if if you're going to understand it, you, you got to understand love. It's love, you know, I, I did a dissertation on this and i got to tell you, All arguments in a relationship have to do with trust. You can love someone and not trust them. But when you trust, love always grows. And so any relationship that's worth anything in this life is built on trust. And that's where you cultivate the love. Love is a feeling. You can't force it. And you fall in and out of love in a relationship constantly. If you see people that have been married 50, 60 years, there's times that they did not feel love for each other. But the deal is, is love has trust. And that is the one thing that is incredibly value. And so how do we get trust? Well, faith leads to trust. And that means I have faith in you. I believe in you, or I believe God wants something better for us. And by believing in the faith, it will lead to trust. And so that's where we have to constantly ask for, "Can you have faith in me that we're going to ha- heal this problem? Do you have faith that we can get through this?" And when you talk in those terms, what happens is the healing comes back onto trust because you're recommitting to get things back on track. All right, so the physical reactions to love is a neurological condition. First of all, there's serotonin, and this increases your mood and uh if you if it's almost like taking ecstasy you cause a huge rise in serotonin levels and you might as well find someone to love instead you know it, it's healthier that way instead of in uh, uh infatuation also your oxytocin uh, your oxytocin goes up and uh this is the biological basis this hormone is released during cuddling and sex and it helps give you the feeling of attachment to someone um vasopressin also along with ox- oxytocin believe that this they you know experts believe that this hormone is responsible for feeling attached to someone so that it's more lasting then there's dopamine and this hormone is responsible for desire and reward which means you feel an immense amount of pleasure when you're rewarded with love actions such as kindness touch date night or whatever makes you feel fulfilled and happy and, and nor uh, norepine- Norpinephrine is is a release when you're falling in love and you feel stress for things to work out and go well and it get, and it gives you the physical sensations you feel while falling in love such as a sweaty palms or a racing heart in other words among many other things hormones regulate our behavior in mating and falling in love and this, the feelings that we're having have a chemical reaction inside of ourselves. Unfortunately, with infatuation, it also comes with this, this physical reaction. And the deal is it isn't able to sustain itself. And so the, the problem is it doesn't sustain. With love, it does sustain. It doesn't always last all the time, uh, but it does sustain itself initially in the first part. And now let's uh, move on uh, beyond the the biology, which I'm never good at, at uh, talking about chemicals or hormones anyway. So, But uh, the definition of true love goes way beyond what your body does and feels and how you view someone in a relationship. You know, true love can also be defined as how you act in a relationship with someone. True love is about meeting each other's expectations and loving each other with trust, acceptance and support. And so we're not perfect. True love is about treating someone with the kind respect they deserve because you view them in a loving manner. And true love incorporates listening to their perception rather than trying to be right. That means that we listen. We understand how they have a perception and we don't necessarily agree with them, but we're willing to hear that perception. And it's about the way... You perceive someone, if you can step outside of your ego and see the value in someone else and the value forming relationships with some uh, give and take, then you can develop a mutual attitude towards to, toward, uh, toward someone that results in a loving bond that can't be broken. And if you're not sure if you're experiencing true love, then, then uh, you know, look at some signs. You know, in true love, nothing is hidden. People who are experiencing that's bad, good and indifferent. Everything is open. There are no secrets in true love. That doesn't mean you have to reveal everything in your past. But from the time that you begin your relationship, anything that's going to impact it from the past needs to be revealed. But also something, anything having to do with where you are and where you're going has to be truthful. So nothing is hidden. You're experiencing true love. Don't you just don't hide stuff. You openly share your lies because you want to share your life with the other person. And that's part of being in love in a long-term relationship with someone. You don't want to hide anything from them because that's you want to share your life. And you want to be able to open up all of your frailties, all of your goodness, and hopefully see if that person accepts it. And you also don't want to play games. People who are living in a state of lust or have a false sense of admiration for someone or a total sense of, of selfishness, and they play games. When you're thinking more about yourself and your needs and, and pleasure than someone else, you're not in a state of true love, and you will do stupid things with with a lack of seriousness and respect for the other person. For instance, you know, uh, people that they want to keep someone in their life They may start, uh, you know, calling them constantly or stalking them or texting them or doing something uh, ridiculous or or threatening suicide. These kind of people are crazy and they play games. They're not real, really decent people. And so, you know, they, they need to they need to find a different way to live. But that's unfortunately what you find in people. And when you have someone like that, you need to run for the border. They're also in love. There's completely respect if you found true love then you will give and receive respect and you will understand that you're going to make errors in life you're going to do bad things you're going to do horrible things and the deal is you have to look at a person's uh... their intentions rather than their outcomes. I mean, we do a lot of stupid things. And so, we look at intentions. And once we look at intentions, we understand that, that what we did necessarily was not about hurting the other person. It was about being stupid. And so, you know, you got to look at your life and look at intentions because that's where the land of forgiveness is. So, in... in uh, True love, there's respect, and that means listening, and that means we're willing to hear what they have to say and willing to understand what they have to say, and from that point, we, we develop a dialogue with each other. The, also, in true love, you care about each other's welfare. When you've found true love, you care about each other's happiness and health, and this means you don't try to hurt their happiness or health. For instance, you don't abuse them physically or mentally. You don't put them down, stress them out, make them feel bad about what they do. Instead, you support them and make them feel good about themselves and what they do. And you encourage them to do things that make them feel happy and healthy. You also, you know, and I got to tell you, in in lots of marriages and lots of life, people just don't do this. They put each other down and they get into a place where they're battling each other. And when you're in that place, you need to get help. You need to get help because you need to relearn how to respect each other's welfare. You also, uh, in true love, you don't focus on flaws. And there's lots of flaws. It's easy to look at people's flaws. We can point them out all day long. And as a matter of fact, in the infatuation stage, people are usually dumb enough to mention all their flaws. And then the other person starts to throw them at them when they're expecting perfection. And so, you know, the deal is we never throw flaws at each other. In true love, you are kind. You know, when you feel love with someone, you're considerate, you're generous, and friendly. You don't try to hurt them, and you don't ever want to hurt them. You are concerned about them, and you show concern. And so that is an important element of love. Also, in true love, you're dedicated to improving the relationship because you know if your partner improves their life your life is going to be improved and their welfare is looked after your welfare is looked after and so in in true love we want to take care of each other and we want to commit to making our relationship even better and that's where love blossoms you know it's annoying when you only have one person doing all of the work and that is not love with love you keep your promises too i mean that's it's, it's important. You know, that's where trust is. And if you're going to promise to do something and uh, you can't do it, then you need to communicate that in advance or, or what the probabilities are. But, you know, it, it, promises are an extension of trust, and you need to value that, that your promises need to be gold in any relationship where love is involved. You also want to see, and, and, you know, your partner is going to resent you if they see you keeping promises for work, but not promises for them or promises for your kids but not promises for your partner. That's gonna poison uh, any relationship. Also, it's important that, that uh, when they're happy, you feel good. That is a sign of love. If they're happy, that makes you feel even better. When they smile, you feel happy. When they're experiencing joy, you feel joy. When they're feeling loved and appreciated on top of their game, you feel good for them. And that is a sign that you love that person. When you're willing to stay during the tough times, that's another sign of love. And tough times come all the time and unexpected. And it's amazing how life can turn on you and turn in way different ways than you ever thought. And when your partner is willing to stick with you physically and mentally and they're struggling with a life crisis that has pushed them in a different state, of being, and they're struggling with finding themselves through it all, that means that there's a commitment to your love. And this means that you don't want to abuse that love. You know, and um, it always doesn't always feel like you're in love when you're in love. But true love means that you still stick through the hard times and you stick together and you become resilient. The other thing about love, you know, if a person you're with treats you well and you love them. And and uh, they don't ditch them just because you're having problems or experiencing a connection that blows your mind. You know, true love is something to aspire to. It, it's not an automatic thing. It's something you're constantly working on, and you work on building your re- relationship. You work on, work on developing more trust, communication, respect, compromise. Work towards a truly loving relationship. That is what is important about love, and that is what keeps things going. The biggest temperature taker for a relationship, for a woman, is, are you cherishing me? For a man is, do I feel heard? If you can get those two things from 30,000 feet and begin to make that work, the relationship is going to grow and grow and grow. But the other ingredient is you respect trust and you are completely open about everything that's going on in your life and you keep that door open and as long as you can keep that door open... You're going to thrive in love. All right, we're going to take another break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about lust. Come back.
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
3: Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit DRGBMFT.com. Or visit drgbmft.com today. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951 818 7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com.
2: Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
0: You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest... Please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd
1: Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, we're talking about infatuation versus love, and now we're going to talk about lust. This may be experienced by this intense desire, this total enthusiasm, or unbridled sexual longing, this passionate craving is attention directing and motivational force as the experience of any emotion. When when it's untethered, lust can lead to actions that may appear irrational. In any case, lust is a projection and an expression of unconsciousness and emotional memories. And, and so you have to look at what are, what are some of the things that indicate I have lust. Well, you're totally focused on a person's looks and body. You're, you're interested in having sex but not having conversations. You'd rather keep the relationship on a fantasy level, not discuss real feelings. You, you want to leave soon after sex rather than cuddling or breakfast. And uh, you're basically lovers and you're not friends. And that's lust. And, and a lot of people don't recognize that. They don't understand it. They feel used. They may have different feelings than the other person. But the fact is is that a lot of attractive people fall into the trap of being with someone because that other person is in lust for them and doesn't really get to know them. And so they have a lot of strong sexual feelings for that person because they're attractive, but they don't want to get to know the person as a person. Like love, you know, lust is not considered to be an emotion, but it involves the experience of emotions such as bliss, excitement, joy, Interest along with the anticipation of erotic sensory pleasure. And people who are in lust may lose their sensibilities. Since lust seems unable to recognize the reality of a situation, or motivates one of the uh, one to neglect uh, recognizing our emotion, it's it's an octane basically, and it's in a relentless pursuit of another person in spite of intellectual reasons, and sometimes regardless of emotional barriers such as guilt and shame, and so a lot of people when they're in lust uh will do stupid things and they do this unbridled sexual attraction and then they find themselves on the news uh, 10 years later <laughs> so not a good thing you know as as times you know uh, lust is 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 this unbridled sexual attraction that seeks expression and it's once again a very unconscious thing and it 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 just uh, t- it will take a physical appearance And it will uh, take the attributes of one person and ignite emotions of intense interest and excitement in another person. And so whatever the trigger is in your psyche regarding the lustful qualities of another person, it's something specific in that person's history that is causing them to lust. And so what I'm trying to say is it's coming from your unconscious, which is built from your past. And this person that you're looking at and lusting after is igniting those memories, those chemicals, those feelings that you felt for that person. And you're projecting those feelings on this other person. And that person has no idea uh, why you're feeling the way you're feeling towards them. And, uh, you know, they, they don't understand what's going on, and but lust can lead you to, to fill in unknown information about the person you desire, and they're an object, and assign them uh, 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 to be perfect for your fantasy life. And this is because that passion is a construct of, of very implicit memory that is enhanced by conscious imagination. So we take that subconscious, that unconscious thought, and we project it into our conscious imagination onto this other person. You know, in, implicit memory is a primary role in the process of falling in lust, and it can be considered akin to, to, to what what your unconscious emotional memories are concerning early attachment. And love that directs your behaviors, your goals, your passions, your interests in the present. So it's like an unfinished story from your childhood that you bring into your adult life and project on this other person. And that excitement to be able to close the chapter on this other person is where lust comes from. It's also, uh, a lot of theorists have described the limbic connection that occurs in intense human relationships and how we're driven by these memories, these implicit memories. Um, this uh, unconscious emotional connections are based on attractors, which are basically patterns that are imprinted in our limbic system and they serve to regulate human uh, physiology, emotional health. So this limbic system uh, resonance, even in the form of of, uh, reciprocated lust, serves an evolutionary purpose. However, early uh, limbic connections that are less optimal also tend to be repeated throughout our life. And so uh, lust and implicit memories that Determined objects can can be the result of either uh, healthy or unhealthy early relationships. And it's possible that the nature and the outcome of a relationship can illustrate whether a passionate interest is based on implicit memories that resulted from healthy attachments or pathological ones that were screwed up in our childhood and lay in the middle of the limbic system, which sits right on top of your brainstem, which has everything to do with very primitive fight or flight uh, reptilian uh, thought process. You know things you want to look out for is a little voice that says in your in your gut or in your in you know in in your intuition or whatever you want to call it that says danger, beware, don't do this. You also may have a sense of of, of discomfort or a feeling drained after you're together with that person where it's like, oh, I don't want to deal with this person's life. I just wanted to be with this person. Also, your attraction feels destructive or dark. You know that it's not something that is acceptable to any level of the life that you live or maybe just some levels of the life that you live, but it doesn't fit. It doesn't. It just will never fit into your life or who you've tried to be. And so, you know, understanding that means you're just lusting after this person. Also, you're uncomfortable with how this person is treating you, but you're afraid to mention it, and so you you kind of push them away. And no matter how irresistibly attractive someone appears, close attention to that gut feeling will enable you to, to see beneath exteriors and end it. End it as quick as you can. It's so much nicer to be involved with someone that your instincts, your gut, feels good about. Then you're then you're not always guarding against a basic suspicion or incompatibility. You, you have to also give yourself permission to listen to your gut when it says this person is healthy for you. You are going to make each other happy. To be happy, take a risk, but also pay attention to the warning signs. And 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 that those are the ones that I just mentioned about listening to your gut. You know, danger, beware. Discomfort, uh, destructive, dark, you're feeling drained. These are signs that this is just a lustful relationship and you have to be adult enough to call it on that. And that is a good thing. You know, that is healthy and that is called communication. Here's the other thing, you've got to stop preventing yourself, you got to start preventing yourself from being lustful. You know, a lot of people uh, have to understand that you've got to stop tempting yourself. Learn to stop seeking out things which make you lustful. This mainly means training yourself to fight the temptations of looking at uh, people as objects or pornography, going to movies that that, that elicit strong sexual feelings. Uh, avoid driving in certain parts of the highway that that may uh, uh, gather your attention or make you feel in, in, in a sense that you're lustful. Also, you know, being lustful means that you're looking at someone as an object rather than a person. And, you know, our job in life, despite if they're female, male, whatever you're attracted to, you look at people as a person rather than look at them as an object. And if you learn to do that in life without that agenda of lust, it makes life so much more connected. That is a meaningful, that means you're willing to have, you're safe. You're a meaningful person in life when you're able to look at a person without the sense of uh, sexual wanting. You know, some people are just out there looking and looking and looking and looking, and when you do that, that's a, that's a lot of energy, and that takes you off course of the life that you need to have. You also learn to uh, respect yourself and others. Don't don't allow lust to be a driver in your daily relations. When you're not connecting fully with yourself, you're allowing your bodily desires to determine who you are and how you behave rather than letting your mind and personalities do some of the thinking. You know, Similarly, you're not respecting them by viewing them in that way. If you truly have feelings for them, you'd work on finding those feelings and be a nice person and be, uh, be yourself and be the person that you would expect yourself to be. You also want to avoid, if, if you want to prevent lust, avoid drugs and alcohol. Drugs and alcohol remove your inhibitions that make it hard for you to fight lustful feelings. You know, if you take in that kind of stuff, you it would really help a lot not to put yourself in an environment where that's what it's all about. You know, it doesn't mean you can't go out to bars with your friends, but, you know… Maybe drink a soft drink or apple juice or just have one, but don't go nuts because people that go nuts in bars find themselves with somebody uh, that they uh, really never probably wanted to be with. You also want to acknowledge your needs. You know, that's important. You let yourself feel sexual feelings, but don't act on them. You also um, want to be prepared. If, If you go unprepared, then of course you're not going to have problems. Acknowledge that you have the issue. And then prepare yourself, and when you know you're going to be somewhere where there's temptation, prepare yourself mentally for having and have a game plan, uh, which will divert your brain into something more constructive. You also want to bounce your eyes. Even when you go somewhere where temptation is strong, follow the practice of bouncing your eyes. This means that if you see something that can cause that, immediately find something else to look at. And that's a very handy practice. You know, focus on a hobby. If there's anything you can do to focus on doing something you enjoy, this is a great way to move your thoughts into something where lust is not a part of it. You know, it's very important to prevent these kinds of temptations in our life. Because the more you do that, the more you get back to your soul's journey rather than doing things that are surfacy and destructive. You know, you want to have friendly activities. You don't want to touch people that you feel like you have lust for. You you know, you wanna you wanna acknowledge that you need help if, if it's something that you cannot overcome. But the biggest thing is you wanna avoid the causes of your expect of your temptation. The best way to avoid lust is to remove those causes. For many people, the main cause of temptation is pornography. And if you find that you can't focus on the important parts of your life and your pornography collection is building up, it may be time to take a break. Set up a filter on your computer to keep you from looking at those images. But, you know, leave yourself away from this stuff. It's important. It's so readily available, and it's so sad that a lot of people get caught up in it. You also, um, you know, want to pray because, you know, some problems are bigger than you, and it never hurts to have, uh, you know, look for God. And, you know, God is faithful. God will be there for you, and and if you put yourself in that right mindset, that's going to help yourself. You know, remember the biggest problems that lust creates. It's huge, huge. If you act on lustful thoughts, you're opening yourself up to uh, punishment like STDs, STIs, unwanted pregnancy, as well as other punishments. And while these things cannot help you, they put barriers to you being able to have the life that you wanted to have. You know, you want to not distract yourself from your fate, from your your journey. You want to keep yourself in line with that. and, And lust will take you totally off track and throw you into a world of hurt that you never, ever want to have. All right. That's our show. Our next show is Healing with Laughter. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. I'd love to hear from you. DRGBMFT at sbcglobal.net or my website, drgbmft.com. You know, I am currently scheduling speaking and teaching engagements and conducting intensive coaching for marriage, pre-marriage individuals in person or over Skype. You know, you can contact me right away if you would like to and book a time. Remember. To make a mistake in life is human. To blame it on someone else is even more human. Never do the same mistake twice unless they're hot. That's our show. Thanks for listening.
0: That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you.